0: bigger part of it is like the things that you're saying about me like I'm your girl like why are you throwing out little dumb digs behind my back okay like what I just I need you to tell me so and like, I'll address them compared me to sea mammals Heather. honey boo boo manipulator liar racist Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Jen and Heather were in an igloo, something called the Ice Castle. I don't know what it was, but I wanted to be there. That's what I love most about Salt Lake City is just the snowy atmosphere. And this place looked amazing. And we're starting with Salt Lake City this week, and then we'll get into Potomac. And we got to talk about Salt Lake City because something happened while I was watching the episode that I got to tell you about, you guys. I was so shook. Because here I am watching the episode, and early on, or maybe it was about midway, we have a Mary scene. And we all know that Mary's tagline, she says, if you come for me, I'm going to send Jesus for you. And oftentimes when I watch these shows, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I'm watching a screener version, so it's a, a day or two early occasionally that I'm watching these episodes. So it's Friday night here in LA, Los Angeles, California. Watching Salt Lake City Housewives, we get to the Mary scene, she's showing us her home decor, which is truly shocking to the eye, and I got my computer out and I'm taking notes. And I try to keep things upbeat and positive and not say anything too mean about these people on the TV show. But occasionally, you know, in my notes, I will write something that I want to remember, or I'll write a question I have, or whatever it is. So when I come to the microphone to talk to you guys on everything iconic, I can report what happened on these shows. So, I'm watching Mary's scene. She's taking us around that house. We're in some room that's all green, forest green everywhere. And I wrote in my notes, what the fuck is all that green shit? Okay, that's what I wrote in my notes. And even as I was typing it, I was thinking to myself, maybe this is a little too much. Maybe, I, I don't know if I, I shouldn't have said, what the fuck is all that green shit? You know, maybe I was being too judgy. And immediately, immediately after I typed that sentence, all of a sudden, there's an earthquake in L.A. I have the no, f***ing no. There was an earthquake. The bed was shaking. The bed was shaking. Shaking, you guys. And I stand up. And oftentimes here in California, you don't feel the earthquake. But this was when I felt. I felt like it was directed right towards me. The whole fucking bed was moving. I ran to the doorway. You know, I threw everything through the computer, through Matt. <laughs> tossed Matt aside and I ran to the doorway to save myself. You know, that's all I was. I grabbed my phone, threw Matt to the side, and I ran to the doorway. Because you're supposed to stand under the doorframe. And you guys, the whole house was shaking. And I swear, I think Mary sent Jesus for me. I think she did because I wrote that mean thing about all the green shit in her house. And then she sent Jesus for me. And I swear, I was so scared. I get scared anyway. For I don't like an earthquake. No one does. Who likes an earthquake, right? The whole fucking house shakes. Whole apartment, you know. And I got a lot of knickknacks around the house. My Rosie doll just fell off the the cabinet shelf. Like <laughs> my Kathy Lee and Hoda mugs about to fall off the uh, where I keep my mugs. You know the point is it was shaken, and I think it was because Mary heard me or Jesus heard me, and so now I'm really believing that Mary and Jesus are in cahoots. They're in cahoots. Cahoots those two. You know, I didn't believe before. And now I'm going to second guess myself every time I try to write something about Mary's house or Mary in general, because I could get another earthquake. Who knows what other thing is going to happen? It's end times when you say something. And then I want to tell you guys about Mary's rainbow chairs and what the fuck those were. And, And I also would like to talk about Uh, everything else in that house, and how she said that she was maybe on her period when she ordered some of the decor in her house and she was having menstrual cramps, because that's the only explanation for it. I don't know. I would love to talk about that, but I'm scared of earthquakes coming. (sighs) We don't know. We don't know. So, to that, I will just say, instead of critiquing Mary's skills as a decorator, I would just like to say, give Mary an HGTV show. Maybe just give her some time on HGTV, let her do whatever she wants. You know, I'm going to support him. I'm going to support our our sister Mary because I'm afraid of another earthquake, another quake. And then, by the way, the rest of the episode, as I'm watching it, my heart was racing. I was shook. So I might get a lot of this shit wrong today. There might be a lot. I don't even know what I'm going to say about the show because I was shaking so much in my boots because Jesus and sister Mary are in cahoots, shaking in my boots because they're in cahoots. I don't know when this podcast turned into fucking Dr. Seuss. <laughs> One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. But by the way, she was also talking about fishes that scene. She said something about someone uh, being fishy or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But let's get back to the beginning of the episode. Let's go back back to the beginning in the words of that Hillary Duff song that was the theme song to Laguna Beach. Uh, so first of all, have you guys noticed in these Salt Lake City episodes of season two, those cut scenes? Like at the beginning of the scenes, when we see those women, we see their name on the screen. And we see the women in the gown and they're just sort of twirling as we go into one of their scenes. Have you noticed the cut scenes for The Real House of Salt Lake City this season? They're all sort of dipping it low. Like, I, I don't know. They're, they're Like their knees go out, given and they're sort of dipping it low to the ground like Lisa does it. I think, uh, who else? Whitney was doing it. They're dipping it low like fucking Christina Million. I'm like, what? I've never seen that in Housewives before. Normally they do a little twirl, but the the knees are buckled. Like the knees are all the way uh, vertical. And now suddenly, I'm noticing they're all bending at the knee, dipping it low to the ground like they're about to take a poop or something. Excuse my language, but I I don't know. I've never seen it before in Housewives. In all of these years on any of these franchises, I'm noticing this knee dip. And I I don't know what to make of it, but it's happening. And I wonder if the producers were like, look, we got to change it up. We've been doing these cut scenes for a hundred fucking years. we got to do something new. And so they're telling the women to dip it low. I'm not sure. Or maybe, you know, sometimes they have music playing. Maybe they were playing Christina Milian's Dip It Low uh, during the filming of those. And so all the women just naturally did it. I'm not sure. But they are dipping it low. They are dipping it low. So we open with all the women. We just sort of check in with everyone. We see Whitney at her husband, her house with her husband. They're wearing hats in the house, which I don't believe people wear hats at their house when they're alone. But they're showing off the brands. They're doing the branding, uh, similar to what Kyle and Maurice do with the agency hats. I'm noticing a lot of hat work on Whitney and the husband in the kitchen. Because you don't just cook in the kitchen when you're alone uh, with your significant other with a hat on. So that was my first clue. I was like, oh, they're promoting the brands. So that's good branding. Good for them, but not good for us. I always say, some of that branding needs to go. I need the producers to step in and say, look, we can't just have you wearing hats all the time with your uh, company name on it. No shade to Whitney. I get that she wants to promote Wild Rose Beauty or whatever it is, but I just think we need to scale back. I wish the producers would step in and say we can't do that because it instantly takes me out. I'm like, why the fuck are you cooking a a souffle or whatever your burger, whatever you're cooking in the kitchen with a hat with your business name on. Because I don't just sit and wear a hat. I like a hat, too. I'm a hat wearer. But I don't wear it in the kitchen. Mm -mm. No, ma'am. Anyway, look, Whitney's busy. She's got the new business. She's trying to rebrand it. And she can't pick up the kid. She she says to her husband, look at you. You're going to have to pick him up or he's going to have to walk or something. Like, I can't be bothered. She's busy. She's a busy gal on the go. And so the kid's going to have to fend for himself. And I support that. You know, kids need to learn. At some point, that kid needs to grow up and learn that he can walk home from school. She's too, too busy. She's got that skincare brand. She cannot be picking up her children from school. He could figure it out on the bus or whatever the fuck he needs to do. Maybe he's under 10 years old, but it doesn't matter. Whitney's got the brand. So, you know, I support that. Then we cut to Lisa with the kids. And she's just, I love Lisa with the kids. Your room is messy you should work on that. She's, <laughs> She's just walking in the room. You, you're This is messy. You should work on that. Like I, in that voice. I love it. I love it. Then we cut to Sister Mary and her son, Robert, who's got the Gucci bed. There's a lot of Gucci work happening in Bravo because not only was the son Robert Gucci bed, but we also had Giselle over in Potomac had the daughter with the Gucci car and the Gucci seatbelts. And I'm surprised House of Gucci uh, film is coming at just the right time because I'm noticing a lot of Gucci work happening on Bravo. And that leads me to believe that when that new Lady Gaga movie comes out called House of Gucci, I bet you they're going to do one of those real wonderful Bravo commercials where we have the wives interacting with the movie. So we're going to get one of those weird things, a weird Gucci. I'm not sure what it'll be. I don't know if it'll be in episode or if it'll be a commercial where we just like CGI Karen Huger with... Uh, lady gaga and adam driver i, I don't know but there's going to be some sort of mixed branding there because i mean they might as well we need sister mary in house of gucci we need her to join that cast i don't know if they could film some new scenes but that'd be a good commercial for bravo and house of gucci just sister mary and and the son robert in the bed i don't i think there's a, a limit to branding I like the, I like the Gucci and I like the clothes and stuff, but I think when you start to get into bedding, I don't know that you need the, the name brand or plates. Was it on Beverly Hills Housewives Dorit had like the expensive branded plates and it's just like, do we need branded plates? Like, couldn't we just go to Target? You know, hop on over to Home Goods, get us a new, uh, dinnerware set. I don't think we need it to say Louis Vuitton. Do you get what I mean? I just think like I don't need to eat. Uh, some, uh, a cheeseburger on a Louis Vuitton plate. Maybe I'll feel differently. If I ever get rich enough to get Louis Vuitton plates, I might be buying the whole stock. You guys might come over to my house and get some Louis Vuitton plates, okay? I'm not uh, sticking to my opinion. It's subject to change, as always, as we're here here on Everything Iconic. These opinions are subject to change every three minutes. And so right now, I think the branding of a bed and some dinner plates is fucking ridiculous, but I might change on that if I get rich okay so then Mary uh she talks to her son Robert he's got the fridge in the room she's like you need nutrients because he's only got the water and I couldn't even believe he had the fridge in the room I was even a little confused I was like was this sister Mary's house or is was she over at son Robert's house or what well, I, I was confused I was confused of where we were in time and space as always when we cut to Mary's scene never never fucking done when they filmed it where they filmed it last season you know, all her scenes were filmed at a completely different time than the rest of the show so we never know where we stand in space and time when we cut to mary we just don't know and so uh you know we just got to pay extra close attention oh then we cut to Jen and Stu Chains which i was i'll be honest i was excited to see Stu Chains because you know he's been caught up in all of this legal stuff stu chains and so I want to keep an eye on him this season. And here they were in the closet showing off all their shit. So they were doing like a giveaway pile. And we are, it seems like they're giving Jen like a charitable edit so far. And obviously that's going to change because in a couple of episodes, when we see her getting uh, taken by the feds, I just know, I just know they're going to change the edit. But right now they're showing us be, uh showing us her being very charitable, she's donating some stuff. She uh, is, has a giveaway pile of her clothes and her wares. She talks about Ramadan and how much reflecting she's been doing on the positive things in her life. She says, "I'm trying to push out negativity," and she says that to Dwayne. She just brought Dwayne, the nephew, in, and apparently, uh, Dwayne had reached out uh, a while ago, and she didn't. She ignored the text. She, he was like, I need a place to live or something. And she's like, Oh, I'm not going to respond to that one right now. And then she did right before they started filming season two. Wink, wink. (laughs) That's, that's when she finally responded to the kid and said, you guys come live with me. You know, it's, I'm just saying timeline wise, it seems like that happened right before the start of filming season two. And so now she here, here she is in a scene with nephew Dwayne and she's being charitable. So, you know, interesting timeline. Interesting timeline is all I'm saying. Interesting timeline. So anyway, I'm happy for Dwayne, though. Dwayne and the fam got out of that, the place they were in, and they're at Jen's chalet number two or whatever they're calling up. And Jen does say, I know I need to be a better person all around, but it's more than just saying it. I need to show it. So that's some self-reflection. I hope that same self-reflection comes later on uh, in the season when all these allegations come about between her and Stu Chains. So Jen, in this new change of heart, she calls Heather and she wants to get together. That's when they go to the igloo. And Jen uh, apparently, you know, Heather's mad at Jen because Jen had said all these things. I'm a little unclear on whether or not Jen said them or if there are things that she did on social media, similar to liking the tweet, uh, tweets about Brooks being a messy twink or whatever that tweet was. And so I don't know if all this stuff is coming from Jen's social media manager. Because in the preview for next week, Jen said something like, I don't run the social media. And I do know most, uh, not most, a lot of these housewives have people running their social media things. So they have people tweeting, liking. So whenever you get a like from a housewife, oftentimes that's not probably the housewife. You know, Luann's always commented on my social media. I'm like, Luann probably has no fucking clue. <laughs> I know You know what I mean? So I think, uh, you know, it's important to keep that in mind. But I think as these housewives go forward, I would just encourage them, whoever you hire to run your social media, you need to have an eye on them, because they shouldn't maybe be liking tweets that your co-star looks like Shrek. Do you get what I mean? There's like a line. There's a line to be messy. And a lot of these allegations, again, I don't know if Jen said them or if they were social media, but they're pretty intense. We played the clip earlier, and it's like everything from uh, Heather being a sea mammal to then racist claims. And that's a wide spectrum of claims. A lot of allegations, I don't even know where to begin on that. It's like, do we talk about the sea mammal thing or the racism allegations? Because, quite frankly, I don't know where to start. And I don't think Heather is either of those things, by the way. I I don't think she's a sea mammal. Although, aren't we? Yeah. No, I was going to say, aren't we all mammals? (laughs) Wait, you guys, I I just had a flashback to that song. What was that? You and Me Baby Ain't Nothing But Mammals? That song from a long time ago, I just had a flashback, and I thought they sang Ain't We Nothing But Sea Mammals. That's not what they sing in the song, but that just flashed back to me. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, you shouldn't call people sea mammals. And then also Honey Boo Boo, she said she looked like Honey Boo Boo or something. Heather's a beautiful gal, and I will not stand for that. And I won't stand for the Shrek uh, discourse either, because Shrek 2 is a masterpiece. It's time, somebody said it. Somebody said it. I was just listening to, you know, Shrek 2. I'm sorry to go on so many musical tangents this episode, but Shrek 2, they got Holding Out for a Hero, that song that plays in Shrek 2, and that's a song. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a song. (sighs) What are we talking about here? I love this show. I love... Oh, so Jen calls Heather to get together in the igloo, and then she's going to apologize for calling her Shrek or something. I don't know. Then we cut to Meredith on the phone with Brooks, and then Seth arrives in that face mask she wore last season. Now, you guys know I said last week I was attracted to Seth. Apparently, Seth moved from Ohio to Mississippi, So he's no longer an Ohio boy, and that sort of upsets me, because I was very attracted to him when I knew he was a Canton, Ohio guy. And now I'm just not sure how to feel. You know, I'm happy for Mississippi, no shade to them. Anyway, Mare and Seth engage with each other to talk about how Jen is still going after Brooks. She likes tweets about him, uh, about someone slapping Brooks, and she likes tweets about calling him a sissy bitch, and uh, something about being a twink. And Meredith says, look, Brooks hasn't labeled himself. All he needs to label himself is as my son. I thought that was sweet. I like that she's sticking up for the sun. I appreciate it. And Meredith says, a retweet is as good as saying something. She says, I will unleash on her. That's what Meredith said. I will unleash on her. I couldn't believe my ears when Meredith was saying she's going to unleash on her. Someone's Someone definitely revved an engine underneath Meredith from last season. Because Meredith last season, she was very calm, cool, and collected. She was disengaging. And now it's like something happened. Now she's going to unleash on people. I'm like, oh my God, I like the side of her. I just didn't quite expect it out of Meredith. It's like coming out of nowhere. So then we cut to Sister Mary's house. And Big Joe, her cousin, arrives. And they sit down. Some of the chairs are rainbow. This is where the chairs are. Again, some are rainbow, some are not. Very confusing to me, the decor. But I will just... I will just say a lot of knickknacks, but they're all beautiful, Mary. If you're listening, we support your decor because I don't want another earthquake. Uh, Mary does say, though, oh, this was so interesting. Do you catch this little moment? Mary said she felt trapped in her house when she was at home during the pandemic. She said it was like a marriage. Everything's stale. She said it like a marriage. Everything's stale. So are we being led to believe that Mary's like wanting out of this relationship with Big Robert, Robert Sr., whatever they call him? Is that what we're led to believe? Apparently he didn't even quarantine with her. Like, what's going on there? But she was said she's tired of being in the closet. Last week we learned she started a podcast because she was tired of talking to the fucking mannequins in the house. And now she's saying it felt like a marriage she's trapped in. And I can only be imagined trapped in that that ugly-ass forest green room. I mean, that'd be a lot. Anyway, give her an HGTV show. Let's fire the Property Brothers and get Sister Mary a show. What could we, what could we call it? Like, <laughs> Mary and Jesus uh, renovate. Like that's, that'd be enough of a title. Mary and Jesus renovate. Like it'd just be Mary and then she would do a little prayer at the beginning and then we'd see her renovate a house and maybe she could do like classy religious decor, you know, like crosses. And I, I'm not sure exactly, but I think we could do a show like Mary and Jesus renovate. And Jesus, I don't know how we get him as payments because he's not here with us, but. Uh, I do think maybe we can use the name and just uh, Jesus could appear as a ghost or, I don't know, a spirit, I guess. I was raised Catholic. Do they call him a spirit or a ghost? Can we call him one of those things? Is that blasphemous? I'm not sure. Haven't been to church in a while, but I was raised Catholic, you guys. Okay, so then uh, we cut to Lisa and Jenny. Jenny, the new housewife, who I'm loving so far. Love it. And I'm loving those kids. The one daughter who's telling that, that joke about the ocean, love the daughter, but Lisa's driving with the knees. You know, she had the knees on the steering wheel and she was texting and driving. And I know that we, none of us should do that. Nobody should do that. But I did very much relate to Lisa in that moment when she was driving with the knees. I just thought, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And we know she likes to do a lot of knee work because in that cut scene, again, she's dipping it low with the knees. So they're arriving over at Jen's house. Apparently Jen and Stew Chains were busy doing some CBD deal and when they arrived jen said oh i thought this was the cleaning lady coming and they're like no we're here to make pants you guys i was so fucking confused was anyone else confused did i just i'm i felt like i must have missed some explanation because we were like driving with the knees and then suddenly we were jen and stew chains and lisa and jenny were bringing over all these sewing kits and stuff and they were like we're making pants or something i was like what the fuck are we making pants for i like never seen that before. The only time I remember making any sort of clothing was on The Real Houses in New York, when Dorinda sewed some coasters to somebody's pants for charity. Otherwise, I don't think we've ever made clothing on these shows. And here we were making pants or something. Uh, and then they didn't even make pants. I didn't see not one pair of pants being made. Didn't see that sewing kit get up and running. They had a sign, something that said, I love America or something. Where? What happened with the pants? Why didn't they show us did they not finish the paint? Like, what was the situation there, you guys? I maybe I need to go back and rewatch, because I must have missed something. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss when Lisa said, "Do you have any treats?" Like our dear Kathy Hilton on the Beverly Hills Housewives. Lisa wanted some treats, and I get that when I go someplace, especially I'm going to spend a lot of time, if I'm going to be making clothes at somebody's house. I'm going to need a treat. I'm going to need something more than trail mix. Lisa was like, "Thank God, there's more than trail mix." So then, Jenny reveals. I feel like I keep saying this this episode. Uh, I, I might have missed something here too because I think Jenny said she's a wedding singer too, and she started singing "Hello, my baby," "Hello, my honey," "Hello, my ragtime gal." Um, what the fuck? Did any, does anyone else think what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? What, what did? Uh, what the fuck? Did I miss something? Because it felt like we went so quickly from "We're here to make pants." to hello my honey, hello my ragtime gal. In uh, it was like rony whiplash. It was like Salt Lake City whiplash. Like what the fuck is happening? Suddenly the new housewife's singing, hello my baby, hello my honey, hello my ragtime gal. And we're making pants, but not making pants. Like I don't know what the fuck was going on. And then they just talk about their relationships with each other. I'm like, I don't even want to know about the merited situation. I want you guys to explain all these other little droplets of information that are being expelled to us. About Jenny, the new wife, being a wedding, it's a wedding singer. I thought she was like, maybe joking. Maybe she was joking. Because she, it, she didn't sound great in the confessional. She sounded like me. I mean, and I can't sing. I was once described as tone deaf. And so here she was singing. And Jenny was singing. And I'm like, what's the tea here? I need to know. And are you a pant maker? Like, uh, uh. A lot of stuff being thrown at me at once, and I'm trying to recap for you guys, and I don't even know what the fuck to make of it. Anyway, they talk about Jen and Meredith, and Jen says she's apologized a bunch of times. They show us a mantra. She did apologize. We'll give her that a bunch of times, and she's like, "Did I repost and like stuff about Brooks being a-, a twink sissy bitch? Yeah, it's funny," she said, and I would just encourage her to maybe rethink that. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that it was funny. Uh, And we see in the preview for next week, she says somebody else running the social media. So which is it, Jen? She's lying. Now we caught her lying. I don't know if the feds are going to catch her lying, but we just did. We just did. And then we cut to Heather at uh, uh, I believe a store called Name Droppers. Again, what the fuck? I don't know. All these facts they present them to us in Salt Lake City. All this information. As if we're just supposed to understand it, and I don't. Like when we got to the store, we were at some place called Name Droppers. I was like, "Are we? Have we been here before?" I'm, the Name Droppers. I thought they were explaining the owner of this store. Her name was Tiff, or the sales associate. But I'm like, "Are we at a place called Name Droppers? Is Tiff the sales associate? Name Dropper?" It's all moving so fast, and Whitney shows up. So Heather and Whitney they decide to shop. They have some cocktails. They look at some dresses. They say, why do we always dress the same? I didn't think they were dressed the same, but they said that. And then the producers pointed out how they were dressed the same. And I think they were being shady. Uh, Whitney then says, Heather shouldn't be friends with Jen. She says, we go through this all the time. You need to stop being friends with that woman. And she says, I'd be careful. And Whitney was honestly, I thought, speaking some truth. I appreciated it. Then we cut to Jenny cooking. Again, we don't know what happened to the pants. We don't know about the wedding scene and stuff. But we cut to her cooking at home with her daughter, who's a star, telling jokes about the ocean. And Jenny reveals to us uh, too that she had medical clinics, but she sold them to become a mom full time instead. And I'm liking that we're learning more. I was also very fascinated by those raviolis. They were very interesting colored raviolis. I want to know what was inside. You know, I love a ravioli, but I always need to know, especially stores nowadays are throwing everything willy-nilly into a ravioli. You know, I grew up Italian. You put some ricotta in a ravioli. You don't really go wild. You put some seasoning, some ricotta. You don't just throw anything when I go to Trader Joe's now. They're putting uh, I don't know fucking pumpkin puree uh, And Hershey kisses in a ravioli. Okay, and it's too much and I just need to say if anyone from Trader Joe's is listening I need you to cool it I need you to just take it back. I need you to drive back in the words of Candace from the Rouse of Potomac and Take it back and stop putting everything in a fucking ravioli Not everything needs to go in there Matt just went to grocery shopping the other day. He came home with some with lemon zest inside. I'm like I don't need the lemon rind on the inside of my ravioli. Like, if anything, you sprinkle some lemon zest on top of some ravioli or something, but we're not putting it inside. I swear those people in the Trader Joe's factories are just wrapping whatever they see in front of them, like the extra stuff. You know how Trader Joe's, they also do it around holiday time. They do that tin of, it's like uh, all the random treats. So it's like chocolate-covered popcorn. It's called um, Jingle Jangle. And they put, like, random bits of chocolate and pretzels and just, like, it's like scraps of whatever sweet stuff they had around. I feel like that's what they're doing for the raviolis these days. It's just, like, whatever the fucking they see in the Trader Joe's factory, it's like, throw that in there. And my grandmother is rolling in her grave. Because her Grandma Rose, she did not just throw all sorts of shit in her raviolis. You gotta be selective, you guys. Just pick a couple ingredients, because you're also, the flavor's going to come from the sauce. You should also be making some homemade sauce and putting some cheese on top. Some good seasonings. But, I mean, you can't just throw it all in there. I don't even like some chicken. I don't even think meat should go in there, to be honest with you. That might be controversial. I don't think any meat should go in a ravioli. I think it should just be cheese. And not any kind of cheese. not any, And not any kind of cheese, you guys. Sorry to talk so much. I mean, and look, Jenny, maybe she, she's Vietnamese, so maybe... Her, she says her husband's Vietnamese. Is, I'm, I'm not sure if Jenny is, but maybe they do something else culturally. I'm sorry to other cultures. I don't mean to imply that uh, other cultures shouldn't put certain things in their raviolis. I'm just saying Trader Joe's specifically. I don't think they're doing it culturally. I think Trader Joe's is throwing anything in there. And we need to be more aware of that. And somebody needs to say it. So then, uh look, Dewey, her husband, wants to have more kids. And Jenny's like, no, look, I'm not interested. I got three. I'm tired. And I get that. I support Jenny in this journey. She doesn't need to have more kids. She's got three and she don't want no more. So then we cut to Whitney and the kids or Whitney and her husband. She wants more sex. She's horny. She's horny. She's like, I'm busy and I'm horny. And then she reveals she's doing it two to three times a week. And she says, that's too much. She says to her husband, I'd give anything to wake up to you grabbing my bubbies, And he's just like, okay. Like, I mean, and he looks like an, he seems like an older man. I know he's much older than Whitney, and that's one of the things when you date an older man, you got to realize the sex drive is not going to be the same as the younger person. And so here's here she wants it every single day of the week because she's so busy, she can't do it. And this man, I saw it in his eyes. He was thinking like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> he's like, I, I don't know. I'm in my 50s, 60s. I don't know how old that man is. Forgive me. But he's like, I'm fucking tired. And I support that too. Like He's tired. So look, I think three times a week is is okay for Whitney and she's busy, but you know, whatever works for you I think is what the what the real answer to that is. But she starts showing off her sex positions in the confessional. I've never seen that before. Whitney's doing some physical comedy. I have the chills. When she bent over I had the fucking chills. I had the fucking chills. I have the fucking chills, you guys. I couldn't believe it. I've never seen a house so I've kept physical in that way. You know, we have seen Kim Richards fall off a confessional chair, but I've never seen someone uh, pop their, uh, you know, pop their ass up and uh, show us a sex position. And here was Whitney doing it. So good for her. She deserved a raise for that physical comedy. Uh, but I, I can't imagine her parents or uh, anyone that related really loved that because she did st- uh, stick the butt right up. So then we cut to Jen and Stu Chains at the Ice Castle. So Stu Chains falls. They go in the igloo. They help set up this whole thing because she's trying to uh, apologize to Heather. Heather arrives. Jen greets her on a slide. See, there were slides. That was confusing to me. Another thing that wasn't properly explained, I think, this ice castle place. It was like there were slides there, so they were doing some physical stuff. Then Heather sits her down and says, why are you comparing me to sea animals, Honey Boo Boo erases. And then Jen's like, look, I took down the post in five minutes. Jen's really a disaster on social media. That's the real point of this. And Jen says it's not her. And uh, Jen turns the tables, in the words of Adele. She turns the tables. Everyone says Jen's mean to them, and they're worried about the kids. Jen says, what about my kids? I got kids too. She says, I'm tired of feeling like I'm not good enough. And she's really, really turning the tables. And she said she doesn't feel like she belongs in the group of friends, and she felt that way since she was a kid. She said, why is it so hard for people to believe I come from a place of love? And I found this to be very manipulative. I don't know about you guys. Maybe I was wrong and saw it differently. But I thought this was very manipulative for her to turn the tables on Heather Gay. Who, by the way, did you guys see Heather Gay on Watch What Happens Live last week? I just saw the clip. Heather was uh, defending Jen Shaw for all the allegations and stuff. And a lot of people were very critical. And I was surprised because here on the show we're seeing Heather be uh, pretty critical of Jen Shaw, But then in real time now, it seems like they're buddy-buddy. So I don't know. how We're going to have to watch it play out. We're going to have to watch what happens live and see. Go to BravoTV.com for more information, because I couldn't believe that she was defending her so hard. She was really riding hard for Jen. And it seems like Jen's been pretty not nice to Heather. So when did it switch? Why did it switch? I think we're going to see that play out even more as the season goes on. I did sort of understand in some ways. I do think Heather is one of those people who she always tries to find the good and I mentioned my grandma. My Grandma Rose was very much like that. Like, somebody could have done something so horrible to her, and she would still, like, never say a bad word about them. Like, my grandma had just a hard time of saying something negative about someone. And, again, even – and my grandma was super religious, too. But she, it was like, no matter what anybody did to her or other people – it was like she found some good thing about them. She found the good in them. And I do think Heather has that in a way. And I, I don't even necessarily think that's always a good thing, right? Like, I think there's times we should be critical of people, especially when they're doing really, really bad things. Uh But I did on some level, I was like, oh, that reminded me of my grandmother because she would hear some story about someone crazy doing something awful. And my grandma would be like, well, they, you know, look pretty. Or I don't know, she would find, some, find something good about them. And so, I don't know. But I do feel like maybe Jen's manipulating Heather a little bit. And I love that this was all happening in egg Igloo, too. Then they just put out a, uh, some churros, and they put the churros in the fire, and then Heather took it out of the fire to eat it, and they had a friendship churro they made up. I don't know. It all happened fast. Next week on the show, Jenny uh, talks to her husband about kids and says she's got her tubes tied. She, The husband wants her to have more kids after she had the tubes tied. He needs to cool it. He needs to cool it, Dewey. Dewey needs to cool it. Jen uh, versus Meredith starts next week. We're on some more sn- uh, snow trip. I don't know. There's some sort of ski bikes. And uh, Jen says, I'm going to let Meredith disengage. That happens next week. You guys, it's a good episode. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I'm loving Salt Lake City, although I would like them to maybe slow down a touch and explain some of these things to me. Explain some of these things. So you guys, let's take a quick break here before we do. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. I announced my book, which is out uh, March eighth of next year. Go pre-order it uh, at your local bookstore. Go ask your library to order it. Go order on Amazon, Barnes Noble, wherever you get your books. Your favorite independent bookstore. It's great to support independent bookstores. You know, there's a place in Ohio at Hudson called the Learned Owl. That's like the local store to me. Or there's also one called Fireside Books. Uh, in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, and I like to support those. Uh, So check out The Learned Owl if you want to support my local Ohio bookstore. And I don't think Fireside in Chagrin Falls has it yet, but you can ask them to pick it up. Anyway, I'll talk more about the book next uh, on the next episode. But for now, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk Real Houses of Potomac. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's one month for just $1 at Shopify.com slash Everything Iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Everything Iconic. I love that song I love it I want to drive back I want all you to do is see me drive back I want you to come back drive back all of it I love that song I think it's great it's a bop it slaps what else do the kids say I love it it's great I want to hear it in a grocery store I know one day it sounds exactly like a grocery store anthem to me I know one day I'm going to be shopping the aisles buying up myself a DiGiorno and I'm going to hear Candace drive back I hope in the same way when you're shopping for a DiGiorno you hear Carrie Underwood or uh, Eighth World Wonder by Kimberly Locke. We're going to hear Candace. We're going to hear Drive Back. I feel it in my bones. It's got that great mid tempo, which we don't hear a lot of either. And I love the mid tempo. You know, sometimes I don't want something that's a bunch of like loud techno noises in my ear. I just want to hear something that's a little mid tempo. And I-, I can think clearly as I'm doing my grocery shopping. And that's exactly what this song is. I just love it. I'm so proud of Candace. You know, I, I didn't even like Candace before. You guys, I- you know that. But we change. And I'm not sure I love her, but I love that song. I love that song. I don't really know that her. I've gotten quite on her side yet. But that song, you guys, uh, drive back, drive back, drive back. I can't sing, but neither can she. And she's got a hit song. <laughs> no, she. <laughs> that was me. No, she can sing uh, much better than I can, certainly. But uh, for the most part, Housewives can't sing. Anyway, we open this week on Dorothy and Candace at Candace's house. And Dorothy's just criticizing everything. She's looking at the curtain. She's saying, look at this distra- distressed look. Is that the look you're going for? And apparently Dorothy visits her house even more than when she owned the house. Although now there's some questions whether or not Dorothy owns this house or makes payments on this house. Because Robin said in the confessional, she was talking to Dorothy at the music video shoot for Drive Back. Drive Back. Which I can't wait to talk about, you guys. That was crazy, wasn't it? With the cars? They were just, like, grabbing people's cars off the street. I thought they were going to go in the stop traffic. Or they had that one tractor driving by or that uh, riding lawnmower. I don't know what the fuck that was that was driving by. I kept thinking they were going to ask that guy who was driving the fucking riding lawnmower across the parking lot to stop and, like, set up so they could be in the shot. (laughs) Oh, they thought they were going to do a drag race scene. And then there's just, like, a lawnmower in the background. I loved it at housewise perfection by the way the the music video for that song is really good i watched it so it worked the whoever directed it they they made it work and it looked great uh but it did seem a bit of a mess as they were filming it but who cares the final product's good anyway so dorothy's visiting candace even more than the house before and she's got her own room with the stand-up poster of herself i know we talked about that when we recapped the trailer but you guys that stand-up thing of the cardboard thing of Dorothy, I need one for my house. For my house. I don't have a guest room. But when I get a guest room, you best believe there's going to be a stand up poster of Dorothy from the Real House of Potomac. Because I need it. I need it. But she's there. It's music video week for Candace. She's got a lot going on. She is uh, got the man, the husbandger who's helping her with all this stuff, although that's not a good situation. They were fighting and at one point she was on the phone with him. And she said, I'm your boss. And he's like, well, you got to listen to me. And they were arguing over who's going to listen to who. And I was like, this is not good. We need to figure this out. We need uh, somebody to drive back a little bit, metaphorically. And we need to just find ourselves a new manager. And they got a lot of money in this venture, too. They're spending $10,000 on this music video. Although she said $10,000 in the confessional. And she said we're going over budget. I bet you it was much more. You know, they lied. They all lie on these shows. You can't believe a word anybody says on these shows. I'm on to them. I'm on to every single one of these housewives and every single franchise because they lie to our faces every fucking second. Just like last week on Beverly Hills Housewives. Remember, Crystal was saying they quoted her a million dollars and then she's like, but we got it for half a million. And I was like, you're lying to my fucking face and I'm not going to stand for it. I will not stand for it. And so Candace said 10K. I was like, okay, Candace. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that. I'm going to need someone in here to appraise this whole thing, because I don't believe you. Although the cars didn't show, so maybe actually it was cheaper than 10000 because they didn't even have the cars. Did they have to pay the cars? I'm sure there was a big argument about those cars, whether or not they had to pay the bill, because it was all messed up. Anyway, so I'm worried about the Chris being the husbandger, and he's still doing cooking classes or whatever. You know, He showed up in his chef's pants and the apron. Those are chef's pants, right? Like, what were those pants? I feel like I've seen those on Top Chefs. So they're like chef pants. But maybe, do we need chef pants? You know, if you wear an apron, do you really need to wear hammer pants? Like, what's the point for the chefs? Maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe any chefs out there, if you can reach out to me and just let me know, like, why we're wearing those MC Hammer pants when we're cooking. Is that a thing? Do I need to get some for my kitchen? I don't do a ton of cooking lately. I do love to cook. But maybe, do I need to get some parachute pants for when I'm making... Uh, some homemade raviolis. I need to know. So I just I just don't like it. These two. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. And I'm concerned about it. And I'm always so skeptical on Housewives too. I always think, like, are they tricking us? Like, did they fight in this scene? Did they screw up the cars for this scene on purpose so that the scene would make it into the show? Because you know they do that, you guys. The Housewives do that. They stage some drama, and I don't think they do it a lot, but I do believe it's the smartest thing to do, by the way, if you're a housewife or if you're on one of these reality shows, you got to have some drama at one of your events. If you got a book launch, you need to have some drama there. Remember on Vanderpump Rules, Stasi had all that drama with Tom Sandoval? I don't know. I truly don't know if that was true or false. But I think it's like that's the smart thing to do because it gets the event on TV and then the sales spike through the roof. So for Candace, I kept getting a little skeptical. I'm like, well, is she really having this fight with the husband or did they stage it so that this this footage is going to be on the show and then more people want to check out the music and the music video? I don't know, you guys. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm overthinking it. And it is sad to me that uh, that's where my head goes. It's sad that I don't want to ever believe these women. <laughs> but I don't. Anyway, then we see Mia talking to her mom. And I think Mia's personal stuff is so fascinating. And I don't have anything even funny to say about any of it, but I'm interested in the mom, interested in the relationship with the mom. I like that Mia's messy. So far, she's given me everything I need. There's a couple flip flop. You know, I- I've mentioned this before. There's a couple of concerns I have with her flip-flopping, but ultimately, I think it could actually be good. Some of it I don't understand, and Mia's alliances change so frequently, it's confusing. Like, I thought her and Wendy hated each other, and then they didn't, and then now it seems like they might start to again. Uh -uh. I don't know. I was also focused on Mia wearing that Minnie Mouse bow, like she was Jojo Siwa. You know, did you see that bow in her hair? I love a big-ass bow. And, uh, of course, I think of Jojo Siwa from Dance Moms. Uh, Mia's wearing one. I'd like Mia to start branding herself in the same way as Jojo Siwa. You know, I just kept imagining like Mia uh, doing music videos, dancing and and being like the next JoJo Siwa because we need someone else to take JoJo's place. JoJo's busy. She's going to be on Dancing with the Stars coming up. So I, I think we're in the market for a new JoJo Siwa and Mia fits the bill to me. You know, she might be a little older than JoJo by maybe a couple decades, but I'd like to see it. Anyway, Mia says she had problems. Her husband tried to manage her in the stores and the chiropractic places. And she said it didn't work out. And then she gets messy with the manager stuff later in the episode. But before we get to that, Karen, we see her with the candle. And she says to us, look, everyone knows they do product discovery and development. And so it took me a a year and a half. It took her a year and a half to do the candles. She says, now we are installing candles. And she's got the three-wick. I'm obsessed with this three-wick, one-wick storyline. Uh, Karen says, look, the three-wick is for a larger room. Wendy's doing the one-wick, which is a four-smaller bathroom powder room. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And I'm uh, ready for a two-wick. Who's going to come out with the two-wick next? I need Robin Dixon to come out with a two-wick because I need more of this storyline. Give it every bit of it. I better see Karen in the factory making the candles, pouring the candles. I, I got to see it all. I want to see the rest of the discovery phase. Remember Karen when she did the perfume? It was like we're in the discovery phase now, and then we're in the. (laughs) She had all those phases. I loved it. Then uh, we cut to Wendy with the one wick. You know, Wendy—they that was so shady too. When they cut to Wendy, they first show us a close-up of the one wick. You guys, she was meeting with Eddie, the husband, and she doesn't know pricing. She said she wants to uh, spend about fifty k in this business. And look, Wendy. A lot of people are critical of her about the business stuff, and I sort of understand it. Like she's very intelligent. But she just doesn't have a business sense, which I feel like a lot of people are like that. You know, I feel like I got a good sense of money on my shoulders, or maybe that didn't make any sense. I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I understand. I have a good sense of finance. Like I'm good at saving and all that kind of stuff. But I know a lot of people. I have a friend who is terrible with money. She's a very intelligent person, but she's just not good with money. And so I think that is uh, a lot of people, very intelligent, but doesn't understand the money. And I just, I'm worried about it, but I'm hopeful that we won't run into any money troubles like we do on so many of these franchises. But luckily, you know, we're talking, it's lower stakes. It's a one-wick candle for 50K, you know, so I think that's good. We're starting small. I'm proud of Wendy for doing that because she doesn't understand business so well as she does so many other topics. And so I like that she's starting really small and I think she'll learn. I do think she's a quick learner and so she'll get, you know, I, I like Wendy. So I'm rooting for her in that one wick fucking candle. I'm buying it ready to uh, put it in every fucking room. My house, every room in my house is the size of a powder room. So we're going to put one of the one wicks in, in every room, but I'm also going to buy the three wick. Let's be honest. I'm buying all the wicks, all the wicks. And then we cut to Ashley with the kids and she is over to her family's house. She tells them she's got a prolapse of the uterus and that was something I wasn't expecting. She sat him down, and said, "I got a prolapse of the uterus." That's what they thought. And then she tells him about Demon Darby, the husband who's getting into movie making. And they all just stare. They start playing that background music. The editor has added in the Badum, adum, adum. You know that was to indicate that Demon Darby's a dummy, and that <laughs> and that he doesn't need to be doing movie making. Like that was the editor's way of saying, like, yeah, Demon Darby should never be a movie making producer. That was their way of saying that, and by just adding that little sound cue in. And then Ashley mentioned something very – it was very quick, but she mentioned starring in a movie, and that was shocking to me, starring in a film now. And then the family brings up that restaurant situation, and they show a flashback of them working together, and maybe they shouldn't work together. All of these husbands and wives, maybe they just need to get other business partners or uh, separate jobs, because I worry. I worry. It's not Okay. It's not okay. And then meanwhile, speaking of working together, we're cutting to Robin and Juan, who, uh, Robin's trying to get out of her funk. The life coach told her that she needs to make a list and tackle it. And the first thing on that list was finding business space for the hat brand. So she's got to find an office. She goes to this place, it was a beautiful warehouse. Although the warehouse, this space, this office warehouse space, it said on the wall, did you catch this? It, said, it just said, hashtag roll up easy. Like, by the loading dock. I thought that was a step too far. You know, I don't know if we need that in a warehouse. I've been in plenty of warehouses. You know, I used to work in a factory when I was a teen. I used to work on a factory line. And we never had just hashtags on the walls. And I just don't know that that's needed. I think the idea of that is probably to, like, boost morale. And I just don't think when you're working in a factory like that, you don't want to see on the wall a hashtag that says, Roll Up Easy. You know, you're not happy working in a factory, believe me. I used to work one with no air conditioning in the summertime. It was fucking nightmare. And so the last thing I want to see is them trying to make jokes on the walls and paint, you know, because I felt like that was meant to be sort of like a playful joke. And no, you just don't want to see it. I'll just be honest. You you don't want to see it. I wish somebody would have painted over that. If anything, maybe you'd want to see a cartoon or something fun, cute on there that would boost your endorphins when you look at the wall. I just don't think you need to see a hashtag roll up easy because it's too much. But I'm scared about their money, too. You know, Robin reveals that for the house, they're doing the house, and they're 100K over budget on the house. And Robin says, you got to do stuff right the first time so you don't regret it when you move in. And I don't think she's wrong, but you also need to afford stuff. Because it's not okay. We know they had the money trouble before. I'm worried. I don't always love Robin, but I was really worried about her. And I did like when she was sticking up to one, she said, you need to be softer. And he's like, well, you should have had a girl if you wanted me to be softer. And I thought, no, no. No. I felt like Kristen Davis in the Sex and the City movie when she yells at Big and she says, No! No! You know that when Big doesn't show up to the wedding? Oh, you guys, that moment. That was the best Charlotte moment of the whole series. No! No! Oh, that just gives me chills. I have the no, f- chills. No. When I saw that scene for the first time, you guys, I had the fucking chills. Who, I mean, who among us didn't We're in the movie theater watching Sex and the City Part 1? It's already a thrill. It's already a thrill. You're sitting down with some popcorn. You're seeing the gals on the big screen. And then suddenly Kristen Davis yelling at Big, no, no. And the flowers dramatic. You know, they have that shot of the flowers like that Carrie throws and they dramatically like fall to the ground and then slow motion. And Big's just standing there staring like a big old dummy. And they're like, why didn't you show? And meanwhile, it was Charlotte's daughter's fault. But that character hid Carrie's phone and Big was trying to call her. Although, you know, I'm I'm not team Big. I'm not. I don't know why we need to get into this. By the way, if you want to hear my Sex and the City recaps, I do them over on the Patreon page. So I do one a month, patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you want those, you just donate $4 more per month over there. You get the bonus episodes. Not to plug it. Didn't mean to plug it. I just meant to talk about that Charlotte moment. No! No! That's what I was yelling at Juan. I wish somebody would have stepped in. I wish Giselle would have hopped on over to this warehouse and just yelled in Juan's face while some flowers dramatically fell to the floor. Maybe some hats. Maybe we see a slow-motion shot of the hats fall into the floor while Giselle yells no at Juan. Uh, anyway, the Juan did uh, agree to be sweeter. He was joking, and he's still very hot, so we got to give him that. Um, but I'm rooting for them in the hat business, actually. I'm very much rooting for Robin, and I want her to get out of this funk, uh, because ultimately we want the best for Robin. We do. And again, I just have to say this week, I know I mentioned it before, but I'm obsessed with that interview look of Robin's, where it's the big dress. I think she had ordered it for the reunion last season. She said it didn't come and she's wearing it in the confessional. She looks, I love the hair in it. It's like a very different kind of look for confessional. Like I feel like it's almost more dressy than most confessionals on these shows, but I'm obsessed with it. I think she looks so good. So then we cut to Candace rehearsing. She uh, The video she wants is Fast and Furious Chic. And everyone arrives there. Everyone's going to be at the video except for Ashley. And again, we learn it's 10K being used on the video. She calls Chris, uh, and Chris tells her she's only going to get one take of the video because of the sun. And again, they hate each other. This isn't working. Uh, But he's not going to apparently be at the music video shoot, although he does end up having to show up. So then at the music video shoot, we're in the parking lot. Mia's like, where the fuck am I? She's looking around, and she's like, what the fuck is this? Where the fuck am I? What the fuck? That's what Mia's inner dialogue was saying. Because they are, it's just in a, a music video. It's in the middle of nowhere. Parking lot in the middle of nowhere. Again, a riding lawnmower. No one seemed to be in charge. They're all dressed. uh Giselle shows up. They're all dressed to look like Fast and the Furious chic, which, again, I don't know what that means exactly, but they were all wearing clothes. They certainly were all wearing clothes. Giselle had some uh the the glasses thing that were covering her face which I don't even think she wore in the music video but she had them. I would love to go through Giselle's closet, wouldn't you? I would just love to see what's in there. You know, just give us a door. BravoTV.com, give us a Giselle closet door. That's what we need. I need to see all those clothes. I'm not sure if I could handle them all at once. You know, it might be too much. Like looking directly into the sun, it's like <laughs> too much seeing Giselle's closet might be like exactly like I'm staring right into the sun but I would sort of like to see it I think uh, a masochistic side of me would like to see it anyway she looked beautiful at the music video though Giselle beautiful gal one of the most beautiful women of all time I know you guys know I'm hard on Giselle but she's got to be one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen those eyes the green-eyed bandit those eyes are stunning Stunning. And then, uh, let's see, the Mia-Wendy thing. You guys, again, I have to say that went nowhere. Mia asked Dorothy, who's there, too, how old she is. And that was not okay. As soon as she did that, you guys, I was nervous for her. And Wendy even walked away. Wendy said, like, if she were to ask my mother that, she's like, uh, uh, Wendy said her mom would have said, don't worry about how old I am. Worry about how old you look. Oh, I loved that. And I needed Wendy's mom there. Now I need Mia to be introduced to Wendy's mom because I'd like to see that. Uh, But I don't think you ask anyone how old they are. You know, I'm with Mariah Carey. We call birthdays anniversaries in this household. We don't need to celebrate, especially with this pandemic. I don't know about you guys. I feel like we last year I thought we need to shave one year off of our ages. Now I think we need to shave two. I think we're losing too much time because of the pandemic. I think it's unacceptable. And frankly, I'm not accepting it. I'm just going to shave two years off my age. And by the way, none of you should ask my age. I'm not interested in giving it. Uh, I don't think anyone should have to. And furthermore, I don't think that we should count these years that we're in the pandemic. I love, though, Mariah Carey. though You know, Mariah is my number one. If you look at her Wikipedia page, I'm not sure if it still says this, but it used to say two ages because no one knows which year she was born in. (laughs) And that's why I love her. It just says, like, either, I think it says, like, either 48 or 49. We're not sure how old she is. It's one of the two. She's either 48 years old or 49 years old. But we don't know. And I respect that. And I think Dorothy should be that way, too. We should all be that way. Anyway, the cars don't show up, so Candace is walking around. She's like, where are they? She's like, we can't be dancing in front of Camry's. And she's not wrong. You can't do that a music video. won't look great. Karen shows up all business, too. Escala looked great, didn't she? Uh, Escala looked great. Uh, Mia then asked Dorothy about Chris. Dorothy's like, I don't know. I, I love Chris, but I don't know, she says. And there was a hot mic moment with Dorothy saying something to uh, Karen about Chris. And uh, you guys, it's so intense. And Mia's getting so messy and Karen was staying away from the mess, which I thought was good. But Giselle liked the messy Mia stuff. And I like that Giselle was encouraging it because actually I would like that side of Giselle. I would like Giselle to stop being so messy and maybe let Mia take on the messy mantle. Do you get what I mean? Because I think we would all warm up to Giselle a little bit more if she was being so messy. I still wanted her to stir the pot a little bit. Don't get me wrong. But I would like it if mess, uh, messy Mia really took that role. And it seemed like she was this episode. And I liked Giselle just sitting back and watching. And then Mia asks if Chris is getting paid. Uh, Candace then also said in her confession, she said, just because your husband picked you off the street, she says regarding Mia. And that's not going to end well. We do know that Candace throws the salad at me and I can't wait for that moment. But it's just all brewing. It's all a-brewing. Candace had nice legs, too. Did you catch her legs in those socks? I was like, wow, Candace's got some great stems. Great stems. So, yeah, then we had that hot mic moment where uh, Dorothy says, I didn't expect Chris to quit his job and be a house husband when they got married. And Karen freaks out because she's mic'd. And I thought that was classy at Karen, but I don't think Dorothy gave a shit. She's like, whatever. And Karen just sang in her confessional. She's like, pass me by, oh, gentle Savior. She was, doing, she was doing a hymnal. Sister Karen was doing a hymnal in her confessional. I mean, I I loved it. We got a lot of relationships with Jesus this week on the Housewives. She did a psalm in the confessional, or a hymnal. Pass me by, oh, gentle Savior. I was ready for Sister Mary to show up, and we'd have all church service. I mean, I didn't know what was going on, but I liked it. Then they are asked to dance in formation, you know, and I love that Dorothy was with these women. It was such a ragtag group of women, and I loved it for the music video. And so Chris shows up. He's all in a huff. He's all, He shows up in a huff, huffing and puffing because the cars aren't there. And he's got the chef pants on. He's so mad. He's like, I can't even go by Candace because I'll just be too mad. I'll ruin her day because I'm so mad. He was just fuming. It was like if he was a cartoon, there'd be smoke coming out of his ears. And I don't know, I was, I was laughing, I didn't, I was laughing, at. It. I loved it. But I want to talk about this, so they do shoot the music video, it all goes to plan, whatever. The music video person was just like, telling them to dance, so that made me laugh, and they were kind of like, awkwardly dancing. Uh, but after they finished, Candace was like, oh, I'm cold, and she put on a jacket to warm up. But it was really just like a see-through trash bag or something. Like, uh, maybe it was thicker than it looked on TV, but she's like, "Ooh, I'm cold. Let me put on a jacket." And it was just a see-through jacket. Did anyone see that and see find it weird? And I was like, "If you're cold, I don't think that's going to warm you up. If you actually got the chills, you're going to need something heavier." I have the no, f- chills. <laughs> you got the fucking chills. You need to put on something heavier. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Chris and uh, Candace make up, although there's some stuff brewing because Candace didn't want to tell the other women of that. It was his fault that the cards didn't show up. So that's going to lead to somewhere. Next week on the show, we see Karen stealing Ray's phone to read his messages. We see more of Mia's mom. Giselle and Robin do a shady party. We get some Robin versus Wendy. Karen says she's vaccinated. She doesn't know how to say vaccinated. Good for her. She doesn't need to. She was in the first group, you know, if you remember... Karen was in the first group to get vaccinated. I encourage all of you to get vaccinated. It's FDA approved. Listen to advice from the CDC. I'm not here to argue with you all. Okay, but you need to get vaccinated. You need to do it. I'm sorry to say that. Don't send me messages that you don't want to do it. Because I'm not interested. In the same way you're not interested, I'm not interested either. I'm just encouraging you all to at least talk to your doctors. I love you all. That's the end of the episode, you guys. Uh, thank you for listening again next week or next episode of the show. We'll be recapping the real house of Beverly Hills. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the book. I didn't want to talk about it. I feel like I'm, I'm doing too much book promo and I'm going to stop, but I also thank you all for ordering. I'll, I'll cry about it on Thursday's show, but it's just been overwhelming. And so thank you for ordering the books called, how do I unremember this? You can get it from your bookstore and I'm, I'll talk about it on Thursday. So I apologize. And then after Thursday's episode, I'll stop. I'll stop for a while. Until we get closer to the book release. March 8th. <laughs> okay. I love you all so much for listening. Let's do our little cheesy little cool down. I want to thank Acast. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Hold it back. Drive it back breathe out may you all go about your week with love in your heart and drive back on your playlist i will leave i will leave you with this uh, drive back bye bye